0: What was the first thing that Adam and Eve did when, after the, they hid, when God showed up, they hid, hmm. and God's like, what, "Where, do you, where are you?" Right? And I think that's the same way when you and I, when you and I sin, we hide, not only from God, we hide from other people. And there's a power in coming out into the light and saying, "Look, this is what I." it's what happens in confession, right, in sacramental yeah. confession. But I've watched it happen when I've been privileged to sit in twelve-step meetings. And say people do these horrendous things. And then people just say, Thank you for sharing, or because they don't shame them. They just say, Oh, that's right. where, before the grace of God, go on.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, sharing with you another conversation about this, our daily task of growing in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you again for being with us today. And today I'm joined by a good friend and mentor and colleague, a uh, familiar face around here at the Coming Home Network, as well as on this show, Brother Rex Norris. Brother, good
0: to see Greetings. you again. Good to see you, John thanks, Mark. Yeah, thank you for, for joining
1: me. Again. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked on here. I I thought it was due due time, and also I just got to the end of a couple other studies. um, And I was thinking back earlier this year, we were doing some brainstorming on potential topics and directions. I mean, there's so many aspects of our life in Christ we can talk about. We talked about prayer, I think, last time. You know, Mm -hmm. some aspects of prayer and Lent last time we were discussing. But you had mentioned at one point earlier this year an idea of maybe like walking through the twelve steps of like recovery. 12 steps like mm. Alcoholics Anonymous kind of stuff in terms of a, um, you know, a, a program people are, are familiar with in pop culture, familiar where, there in the world. But the the spiritual uh, applications of those steps to the, the whole of the Christian life, there's a mm. lot of wisdom. There's a reason why that's, that's sort of worked for so many people. It's a reason why it's become sort of part of our zeitgeist because it's certainly based a lot in, in our Christian tradition. But, but the, even the psychology of it, the spiritual psychology of it, um, the, the virtue aspects of it, which we've been talking about here on the show, there's just a lot there and, and would be a, an interesting study to walk through some of those. Um, maybe fill us in a little bit. What, what
0: brought it to your mind when we were brainstorming? Great. So, so back in the 80s, I think it was, I wasn't even Catholic at the time. <clears throat> I was working, um, I was ministering in a homeless shelter. And uh, more than one of the, the men and women who were in this homeless shelter uh, found their way into v- uh, various 12-step programs, sure. not only Alcoholics Anonymous, but Narcotics Anonymous and so on and so forth. Right. And I watched, I watched this miraculous, and I mean that literally, this transformation of these men and women as they followed these 12 steps laid out in the recovery program, and their life radically changed. And I became fascinated that, that somehow these 12 steps were were facilitating an encounter with God uh, and a transformation of a life that sometimes seemed to be lacking, uh, the depth was lacking even in my own life. And so I began to study the 12 steps and, and met, went to some meetings that were open to people, uh, of whoever wanted to come and uh, really began to realize there's something, there's something here. And of course that something was a someone and that someone was Christ working yes. through these steps. I'm like, my goodness gracious. What a, what a, what a incredible gift God has given the us, everybody through these yeah. 12 steps.
1: So another thing that I, that came to my mind recently too, and we we're coming back up, we've a- had a number of guests lately, a number of stories that involved um, addiction recovery and different mm-hmm. things, and so that was you know one reason why it seemed relevant. But I think again, more to the point of what we'll be discussing today and, and in the coming weeks is that, yeah, as you dig into the steps, and we'll run through them real quick before before we dig into the first one today. But as you as you look through them, you recognize that um, that these uh, these go along. Right with the gospel, right with what Christ calls us to in the gospel, right with His His taking seriously of our sin, His insisting that we can without Him we can do nothing, His insistence that sin is a big deal, but He wants us to be healed of it and He wants us to go and sin no more. Um, again, we've been talking about virtue on the show, um, and we've been talking all along trying to keep this. It's not really a balance, but it's a proper priority of of uh, our human. Uh, action and free will, um, sitting on the firm foundation of God's grace, mm-hmm. that we have to be rooted in prayer. And yes, then we proceed out to try to, to do good, to practice virtue, but it has to be rooted in a dependence on God. Yes. And we can read that on a page, but yes. but uh, finding that in real life, that yes. real connection between our, our action flowing out of a total dependence on God, a total yes. surrender to Jesus Christ, that has to sort of be discovered. You know? Yes.
0: Yes. In fact, uh, that reminds me of a story that I wanted to share. Early yeah. on in my in my work at the homeless shelter, um, I met a, a young man who was uh, an addict, and uh, he he got clean and sober. And uh, he invited me to a meeting uh, when they, they celebrate uh, the, their anniversaries—one year, two year, three year, four year, right. whatever—and um, uh, he. I remember him when he when he. Now I'm going to get all emotional. I remember him when he, he actually ate out of dumpsters. I remember that distinctly. And he stood up to, uh, 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 to talk about his recovery. And he said, there are people in this room who remember me when I ate out of dumpsters. And he said, I don't eat out of dumpsters anymore. And the reason I don't eat out of dumpsters anymore is because of the grace of God in my life. And the help of these 12 steps. And I thought, what a powerful testimony to the power of grace, uh, and to the real of the humility of of God, willing to meet this man where he was on his journey, in the midst of it, the the gunk, and walk him uh, to a better relationship with with God, with other people, and with himself. And it was just an incredible story of grace. That's an incredible story, brother. And
1: I want to comment on that, on that but let me just read through these real quick. Um, yeah. This is one of the, the the websites you sent me because I, I, I want to get those out there in case people don't have these in their mind before I comment any further. So number one is uh, admit our powerlessness. Num- number two, belief in a greater power. Number three, turn our life to God. Number four, take inventory. Number five, admit our wrongs. Number six, be willing to be healed. Number seven, humbly ask God's healing. Number eight, make a list of people we harmed. Number nine, make direct amends. Number ten, continue our inventory. Number eleven, prayer and meditation. And number twelve, share the message. So obviously, if someone hasn't heard these before, they're going to hear gospel bits and pieces all True. throughout there.
0: And that you is the gospel, something? right? I mean, if you think yeah, about it, yeah. that is the gospel message in 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 twelve steps. Yeah. It's like wow, what 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 a powdered cake.
1: Right. It's, it's like the good, it's like a, yeah, it's like the, you know, the, one of those old evangelization tracts, you know, that yes. uh, that some Protestants give out, you know, or the, yes. you know, they have various, you know, a few steps to salvation, you know, the, yes. the gospel in a few lines. Well, this is really a a kind yes. of tract, so to speak. It yes. really is the gospel simplified. And again, even in the, the story you told, brother, we were talking beforehand today in thinking about the study and that um, what's interesting about like the 12-step program, the 12 steps the gospel in these 12 steps, so to speak, is that um, in some sense, those who are members in, in AA or in a recovery program who are practicing these 12 steps, they've discovered the truth of the gospel. Mm. And the rest mm. of us who maybe think we don't need that, we're sort of missing something that's that's in the gospel that, mm. that we are we haven't mm. discovered yet. Mm. You know, like we all are people eating out yes. of the dumpster. Yes. In some sense, yes, yes. Until we yes. Uh, again, and now we're digging into that first step. Until we really admit again, uh, we affirm what Christ Himself says: "Apart from me, you can do nothing." Yes, I mean so yes. many, so many of us. We go through our spiritual life, uh, belaboring under this, under this uh, conscious or subconscious belief yes. that that's not really true. That apart yes. from Christ, we can yes. do nothing. Yes, and and we're we're sort of waiting for you know the you know the catastrophe of life mm-hmm. to really teach us that lesson, but um i mean but the lesson is there in the gospel
0: like we, to, right. we can
1: we can learn it now without hopefully having to wait to the catastrophe to happen
0: sure if we and if we read paul in romans when he says what why do i do the things i don't want to do the very thing i do not want to do i do right. that sounds to me like i'm powerless yeah over whatever it is that i'm is powerless with and my life i can't control it it's unmanageable my life is unmanageable right yeah. um And I remember once a a man uh, uh, of long, long recovery, many years in recovery, a very devout uh, Catholic said to me one day, uh, I wish I wish we could get a little. So so around the world, uh, uh, 12 step groups very often meet in the basement of churches. Yeah. So this man said to me, I wish we could get a little bit of what we've got in the basement up into the church upstairs <laughs> and i understood yeah. what he was just saying in a very very pithy way what you just said about uh recognizing the, the gospel there and, and then what christ calls us to And it's all right there in those 12 steps that's just that's it, right. it's quite it's quite something yeah
1: let me read the so the longer format the the list i read al- earlier was sort of like the abridged mm. version mm-hmm. of each but the, the full the full text of the step one mm-hmm. and that's the one that we're going to discuss a bit more today we admitted we were powerless over alcohol in this case or sin or whatever you want to mm-hmm. replace it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the salient mm-hmm. points for us as Christians yes. is that everyone, yes. every one of us has something that we can put, we should yes. put in that place yes. there. We admitted we were powerless over this particular sin, this particular vice that's ours, that our lives had become unmanageable. Yes. That's that's the step yes. one.
0: Yes. I would encourage anyone if they're if they're struggling thinking that well there's nothing that I'm powerless over give a thought to the, to the, if there's, if in your life, if there is a sin, which you find yourself continually mentioning in confessional, if you're Catholic uh, there, there is an example of something that you clearly uh, are powerless over Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line. You've admitted it. uh, You've, you've said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And yet you do. So, so a little bit deeper conversion has to happen in, in our lives in order to address that issue. So I would encourage anybody who says, you know, who bulks at that powerlessness piece, it's, it can be simply a matter of saying, could be a venial sin, could be a mortal sin. It's like, wow, wow that, that one thing, yeah. that one thing that I share in confession.
1: And and sometimes you think, again, you, you might look at that and you might think, well, no, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. I don't really have... Uh, a lot of sins, it may just be that at this present part of your life, you're living a pretty comfortable life and you need to, and you need to strap up and you need to be ready. You know, like I've, you know, recalled this anecdote of my own, my wife and I have been in many times, many different contexts that like, we thought we were pretty patient, (laughs) generous, peaceful people until we got married and had kids. And then we suddenly realized, oh no, 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 we'd actually been living pretty independent self-focused, you know, very easy, comfortable lives of our own making. Yes. And once we were actually placed, you know, we, we put our shoulder into a uh, the the plow, you know, we put, we put our yes. shoulder against this work that God had given us. We realized, okay, yes. now I see under pressure, yes. now that I have I have some deep-rooted vices yes. that yes, every week or every <laughs> month, or whatever, I go back to confession. Lord, I did it again. I can't yes. stop getting angry or I can't yes. stop getting frustrated or I can't stop turning Inward or away from yes. my relationships yeah. and we need help to kind of piece those out get vocabulary for those understand what what's the sin what's the wound beneath the sin all that there's some great resources out there for that yes. but the point is is we all have something you know we all have a, a, a vice or more than one that could be placed in there that we need help with
0: and it's and it's rather countercultural uh in here in, in this in this country I suppose every every place uh, that we don't like to admit that we really you know it's like pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know and you can you you can do it and well you know the reality is I, I can't yeah i like to say to people if i've done a if i've done a generous act which i do occasionally and they'll say oh brother you're so kind caring and compassionate and i'm i'm i know enough to say you know i am except on those days when i'm not you see and that's what keeps bringing me back to the first step it keeps bringing me back to uh, confession, right? It's like, yeah, but right. I lose my temper. Uh, I'm impatient. You know, so on and so forth. So, yeah. I mean, it just takes a little bit of acknowledging uh, the reality of the situation. Uh, and rigorous yeah. honesty, you know, I mean, the 12 steps, I think it's, I think it's Alcoholics Anonymous says, uh, in some of their literature says, uh, uh, we have to be rigorously honest. Uh, yeah. We, we have to be rigorously honest. It doesn't mean brutal with people; it just means rigorously, rigorously honest with ourselves and with God. And uh, the rigorously honest can mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I can be unkind. Um,
1: um, yeah, that kind. honesty. Yeah, is such an important part. We we've talked a lot uh, in recent months about the virtues and the virtue of prudence as this sort of mm. preeminent uh, human virtue by which we turn to face reality. And it's interesting. So you know, in, in 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 the study of the virtues, um, that virtue that virtue of turning this conversion to reality to really face things as they are, it is the precondition for any moral growth, for any any greater growth in virtue. Because you, there's no virtue is a virtue unless it's attuned to reality, unless you're facing reality. If mm-hmm. if courage is acting in a way that's disconnected from reality, if you're not yeah. facing up to the reality of your situation, you're just you know, exerting bravado, you're just jumping into battle. Well, that's not really courage. That's just wow. you being reckless. It all moral virtue begins first with this turning to reality, and of course, in reality is the reality of God is God. I am not. I am mm-hmm. weak, and He is grace, and all that. Yes. But it's interesting too. I got this the starting point here that to, for 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 me to make any progress with this sin, with this addiction, with this 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 problem. I first need to be radically honest and, and yes. just turning to the honesty. What is the reality of the situation is that I am, I am weak. I am powerless with regards to this deep rooted sin. Yeah.
0: Yes. Recovery. I think they would say in recovery program, uh, I've hit my bottom. Right. right. I mean, I've hit yeah. my bottom. I, this is it. This is reality. The reality is I can't do a B C uh, successfully on my own steam. I just can't, I yeah. can't stop yelling at the kids. I can't yeah. stop if it's an addiction to some sort of something like, you know, alcohol or some other drug, Uh, but it can be as it can be impatience, anger, lust. I can't, I can't stop this on my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and the paradox is the paradox is that as soon as I admit that something shifts and because I don't stop at step one, I continue. So something shifts and I begin, I begin to get this grace, that will then enable me to, 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 to overcome things, right? But it's right. a process. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. Not a, it's an advent, uh, It's a journey, uh, not an endpoint, you know? Uh,
1: right. It's just, right. Well, so interesting too, even that, even that language of, of rock bottom, which again, it, these steps have been popularized and we're, we're aware of them in, in, you know, pop culture, because of Alcoholics Anonymous or recovery programs. But it's interesting, there's almost a barrier there in the sense of, because the language has built up of like the rock bottom and it being so connected to alcohol, that I think sometimes people, again, think that that's always somebody else. In fact, I I would venture to guess that even in the realm of of people who struggle with alcohol, that everybody always thinks, well, it's the other guy, he's the one who has got the problem. (laughs) Well, so too with all the rest of our sin. Well, it's somebody else who's hitting rock bottom. They have the issue. It's certainly not me but i don't think you really have to hit rock bottom right. i think right. when you do that's a mercy you know yes. that god uses to bring you back but yes. I, the rest of us hopefully can you know yes. try to di- even in the good time dig down and figure out mm-hmm. no what's the sin i don't want to wait till i hit rock bottom mm-hmm. lord i mm-hmm. want to recognize the truth mm-hmm. that i that would be revealed to me if i ever did mm-hmm. if something if something ever really did get out of control with regards to the, the vice that i wrestle with mm-hmm. the truth that would be revealed is a truth that i can discover now which is the reality of my, my weakness, my powerlessness. Again, I, I referenced it earlier, but let me read it in full here. This is John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. Without God's grace, like we really can't. Mm-hmm. And so, even mm-hmm. even in so far as we have held things together, you know, yes. that we yes. haven't hit rock bottom. Well, that that's it's yes. a great It's all a grace. Yes. But in that grace, in that place of grace, even now we can recognize the truth, which is mm-hmm. that I I am powerless against this. All mm-hmm. that I have is a grace. Mm-hmm. And if I can lean more into that now, discover that more now. I can start building now. I don't have to wait to hit rock bottom for that.
0: Right, right. I think in the, in the recovery programs that deal specifically with uh, uh, um, chemicals, it will say, well, yeah. we're going to have to lift the bottom. It's going to be a high. I've heard people say that they're a high-bottom drunk or a high-bottom <laughs> opiate addict or whatever, which means basically they haven't lost the house, they haven't lost the wife or the husband, they haven't killed anybody, but they recognize by grace uh, this is becoming a problem. This is yeah. becoming a problem, and so uh, whatever our, we don't have to hit rock bottom. We don't have to be eating out of a dumpster, uh, right. literally, before we we have the opportunity to um, to turn to God, right um, by right. grace.
1: And another quote I wanted to read here because I was just thinking about again. There's this there's this truth that those in recovery, these recovery programs, recognize because of hitting rock bottom, but it's a truth that we all can and should realize in general, which is that, again, this, this, is, this is the original sin. This is that we all are under original sin. And so we, we deal with this concupiscence, this fact that we, we, are, we have a certain level of powerlessness when it comes to sin. And it should be obvious to everybody, but it's unfortunately not. Chesterton commented on this. He said, modern masters of science are much impressed with the need of beginning all inquiry with a fact. The ancient masters of religion were quite equally impressed with that necessity. They began with the fact of sin, a fact as practical as potatoes. Whether or no man could be washed in miraculous waters, there was no doubt at any rate that he wanted washing. But certain religious leaders in London, not mere materialists, have begun in our day not to deny the highly disputable water, but to deny the indisputable dirt. Certain new theologians dispute original sin, which is the only part of Christian theology which can really be proved.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is empirically it's empirically provable? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We do right, so so somehow, and I don't know how this. I don't know how this works except by grace. um, That when when a group we do this at mass. What's the first thing we do at mass? We confess our sins. We make that first step. We admit we're powerless in a certain sense, right? Um, And yet it takes on more power when there's a group together in the basement and they all realize I could be eating out of a dumpster tomorrow if I, you know, if I continue this. Um, And so the steps uh, uh, really are, again, a distillation of the gospel. And uh, Mm -hmm. somehow I think we need to be, when the church calls us to full active participation in the mass, it, it, it means a lot of different things, but it 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 certainly means pay attention to what you're saying. yeah uh, I often thought wouldn't it be cool uh, if we uh, sat around in a circle and, and <laughs> I know this would never happen okay. we're, in, we're at mass and instead of saying the, the uh, I confess, we go around the room and everybody just kind of stands up and says hi, I'm brother Rex and I'm a sinner and everybody else says hi, Brother Rex. And then John used to say, "Hi, I'm John Mark. I'm a sinner." But he says, "Hi, John Mark, right?" (laughs) Which is what they do in these twelve-step meetings, Uh, or you know, I'm an alcoholic, I'm an addict, uh, what have you. Um, But it's the same. It's the same sort of thing. Is what I'm trying to say. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, you know that that group aspect of of it, and thinking of this this step, is really important. This Mm -hmm. it's not just. So admitting to whom that we are powerless with regards to this sin in our lives to become unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Admitting to whom, because there's a few different people, right? Like part of this movement of prudence, this conversion to reality, okay, I want to be a person of reality. I want to face up to reality, even if I haven't done it for a long time, even if I haven't made a habit out out of it. Now, today, I want to turn and face up to the truth of my life. And that is that, yeah, I I got a sin problem. We all have a sin problem. So there's an admission to self certainly, you know, that at least I'm going to turn and face up to it. Then there's an admission to God, you know, that maybe up to this point I've been going to prayer and saying a lot of pious nothings. Oh Lord, you're so good and I need your mercy and I need your help, you know. But not ever really being like no Lord, here is where I'm wounded. Here's where I'm hurting. Here in this specific way I do have a problem. I do need your help. So there's a sort of admission to God there. And I think but one of the ways too uh, that we we get honest with ourselves, we get honest with God, is by bringing that specifically to other people, other actual the community. people. Community, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and have the tw- confession, which,
0: go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, and in a 12-step yeah. process, the twelve step process, the the notion of of admitting admitting it to God. Right? I, I may not even believe in God at the first step. I've right. simply we admitted we were powerless over blank. Okay. And and that's I don't have to deal with theology at the beginning. I don't all I have to do yeah. is admit to it to myself and to the people in this room, I'm I've got some broken parts. Yeah, I've got some parts yeah. that keep me separated, right? And so it's it's that's the progression, right? So I've admitted right. I've admitted to myself, I've admitted to these other people, right? Yeah. And then and then one moves on to the second step.
1: And that's, that was you kind know, of the point of Chesterton, that Chesterton quote there. That was a, from the beginning of the book, Orthodoxy, where he's sort of giving us the narrative of his own coming... Coming to belief, but that's his point. Is his starting point is, hey, here's something that's irrefutable. We are sinners. <laughs> like that should just be the most obvious, visible from space. In fact, someone I was discussing philosophy with somebody lately, and they joked. You know, there's that old uh, saying of, from Descartes: "I, I think, therefore mm-hmm. I am." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that person was like, "Well, I I find it even more evident. I sin, I therefore I am. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I, it's just so evident of a, a reality, an inescapable reality that that well, I exist." And that I I experience a, se- a moral obligation, yes. you know, to do good and avoid evil. This just sort of general moral obligation we all feel, and yet I constantly do the thing yes. that I know I oughtn't to do. Yes. Like this is just the basic, this is a basic condition of humanity. Yes. You can't. It's irrefutable if you're the least little bit honest with yourself. And so, for a person who's lived dishonestly with themselves their whole life, you're right. That might be the very first step on their way to God is just being honest with just the the basic irrefutable. Undeniable reality mm-hmm. that
0: mm-hmm.
1: I do do things I know yes. I shouldn't do.
0: Yes. And I can't stop. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. also, uh, I think there's a power in that, that word we. Yeah. Is that I, if, if I believe that I'm the only person around who, who does X, Y, or Z. Right. Right. Uh, And then by the grace of God, I find myself with a community of people who are willing to admit, you know what, I do X, Y, and Z too. There is a power, and and I don't want to do it anymore. And I go, whoa, you do that too, and you don't want to do it anymore? I'm not alone anymore. There is a power in that, an incredible power. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst of them. There is just a power in we. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is why Jesus called us together as a church and not as yeah. individuals.
1: Well, I, I think that's even more salient. Would you say in our in our present day and age, where uh, for so many more reasons, I think than any other time in history, we have um, we have technology, we have money, we have you know just the, the divisiveness of the times. We have so many things separating us from one another. I think than any other time in history, we have such a – even just in our, our – the, the zeitgeist of our culture, the sense of uh, independence that we need to sort of be you know, self-reliant, pull yourself mm-hmm. up by your bootstraps. And so that even – this trickles into our, our Christian consciousness where – like you know I have a men's group here in town. We get together. But you have this sense that, well, none of us really share – you know, the things we're wrestling with, unless one of us did hit rock bottom, right? Like that's, you know, it, w- it would be that guy. Yeah, he can speak yes. up if he really has a problem, but my yes. my, my sins aren't that big of a deal. Yes. And so I just yes. keep them to myself, you know, Yes. versus saying, no, 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 how about we're all powerless with regards yes. to sin? And each yes. of us has a particular battle. Why don't we bring those out and say, no, if we're serious about this, if we're serious about uh, the gospel... That Christ wants us to be healed. In fact, he wants us to be ministers of each other's healing through our yes. prayer and through our encouragement. Why don't we bring those out and take that seriously and saying, yes. I am powerless versus this sin. Lord, I want your mercy. Buddies, I want your guys' help. Yes. Let's pray for each other. Let's work yes. on it. Yes. Yeah.
0: There's a curative component to community. Right? Yeah. And uh, again, I have been privileged to be able to sit in some 12-step meetings and what one of the things that's really funny is you 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 hear people tell these, well, you hear people tell these horrendous things that they did, you know. Yeah. Uh, and people chuckle because, and the person may say, and this is why this is why I did this, I thought A, B, and C, and that led me to do D. And you're thinking, that's just crazy talk. But everybody in the room laughs because they're all like, yeah, that's the way we've done it. We did it. We did it. We understand. That's crazy. So I think there's a yeah. there's a uh the ability to say this is what I did, to throw it out there. Yeah. And then everybody just looks at it and says, Yeah, that's what we do. We're just we're yeah. sinners. What we do. Instead of trying to hide it and I don't want to, well, I don't I'm not that I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't spend that much time looking at whatever on the internet uh, as opposed to just saying, yeah, I've, I've done that too. Mm. And, and there, and it kind of, it, uh, when we bring it out into the light of Christ, yes. it begins to be healed. Mm. We keep it in the yeah. darkness that is of uh, the devil. Right. What was the first thing that Adam and Eve did when, after the, they hid, when God showed up, they hid. Mm. And God's like, "What? where, where do you, where are you? And I think that's the same way when you and I, when you and I sin, we hide. Not only from God, we hide from other people. And there's a power in coming out into the light and saying, look, this is what I, it's what happens in confession, right? In sacramental confession. But I've watched it happen. when I've been privileged to sit in 12-step meetings and say, people do these horrendous things. And then people just say, thank you for sharing, or because they don't shame them. They just say, "Oh." That's right. where before the grace of God go on. We again we, we often
1: experience this in in our in our life, that if if we reflect, if we dig down into you know the, the particular vices that that we as individuals have that we're wrestling with, that we do get to this sort of chicken and the egg kind of a dilemma when we dig down into it, recognizing, well, I I know that it's wrong, and I there's a part of me that wants to not do it, but there's another part of me that that want that wants to do the thing, mm-hmm. and how do I get back behind that? How do I get underneath that to affect it? Like I can't change the divided heart that I have directly. Like I can decide to pick up this pen off the table, you know, but I can't. I don't have the you know surgical uh, acuity to get into my soul and deal with the fact that I have a divided heart. Yeah, there's a part of me that that loves truth and good and beauty. There's a part of me that doesn't. And then again, that's just that's just true. If we're honest with ourselves, that's just a true aspect of our condition. And it should, uh, again, in that, that first step, it should lead us uh, as Christians to, again, right to the heart of the gospel, which is that you know with, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. And, and here comes the importance of, of prayer and sacraments that how do I deal with that, that, that need for a heart transplant, mm-hmm. that I just mm-hmm. have a divided, impure heart? How do, I, how do I deal with that? Well, it's not primarily my own action. Even when I recognize I I need virtue like I, I don't I lack this virtue I have this vice, it's not primarily my action, it's primarily my admission of powerlessness, mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. presenting myself to the Lord going to the going to God and actually stopping doing mm-hmm. you know ceasing action, uh, and instead of receiving from God asking for help and receiving from God that's that's that got to be the starting point.
0: Do you remember the Do you remember Dallas Holmes? Does that name ring a bell for you? Oh, there's a a Christian. Rock star, I don't know what you call it. Yeah, rock. Back in the '80s, anyway. Some of the listeners will know. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but he, but he, re- he, he, he sang this song that said, um, uh, "I can win when I lose myself in Jesus Christ." Right. That's the paradox. Right. That's the paradox yeah. of the spiritual life, uh, is that the the like the St. Francis peace prayer. Written in the spirit of Francis, right? The paradoxes of the spiritual life. are: I get by giving. I live by dying. I win Mm -hmm. by losing. I gain power over my addictions uh, or my sins uh, by admitting that I'm powerless over them. That's just crazy. But it works. hmm? By being vulnerable. By being vulnerable. Yeah. 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 It worked. By being like a lamb. Right. Right. Allowing the allowing the good shepherd to pick us up and put us on the shoulder when we when he asked it, right? Amen. Um, it's a it's a magnificent. Again, it's the, the twelve steps are just they're so concise, you know, and they're and they're yeah. done in a particular order, you yeah. yeah. as if it's as, as if when Paul went to Ephesians, or, uh, Ephesus, and he said, "I see that you folks are pretty religious around here." He didn't just come in and blow them out of the water with a Let's, let's talk about this, right? right. And so it, it was a process, in other words. Mm-hmm. And I think all spiritual growth, my experience is all spiritual growth is a process. All evangelization is a process. Mm-hmm. And so the 12 steps are a process mm-hmm. toward sharing the good news of recovery, which comes way down at the 12th step, um, yeah. by virtue of the grace that happens, that happens as we follow these steps and do the best that we can to be on rigorously honest with ourselves on a daily yeah. basis
1: yeah it seems like there's a there is a an unconventional an unusual uh, sort of a challenging humility to the specificity of a 12 step program and i think that's part of what maybe causes a lot of people to assume that that's again that's for somebody else mm-hmm. that would that, that would be that maybe be for me in really dire circumstances that's for somebody else right now but in in my spiritual life yeah I'm not perfect but the the specificity of, of I guess, zeroing in on lord it, with regards to just this one vice yes. i am powerless that almost I think strikes us as maybe at best it strikes us as a little morbid at worst we just don't have the humility to get that specific yes. and honest about our life.
0: Yes. And I think that even those, those, I mean, there's a ripple effect to my sin, right? It affects everybody. Right. Right. In some way. So mm. it's just realizing that uh, when I sin, when I drop that pebble into the water, mm-hmm. the ripple effect there's there, whether I recognize it or not, it's there. So mm-hmm. the specificity uh, is important uh, because uh, there are real spiritual effects on other people and the world by my sin, mm. as minuscule as it might seem. Uh, and mm. so I think specificity, uh, anger, lust, uh, if it is a, a, a chemical addiction of some type, um, mm. I just think it's, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it has been working for men and women in recovery for the last 60 years. And I've mm. seen lives transformed. Thank right? yeah. Uh, and, I, and, I, and one of the things that I've noticed, and I'll just throw this out there for what it's worth, I've known several uh, clergy persons, clergymen, priests, mm-hmm. who have been in 12-step recovery. Uh, and they are they are dynamite confessors, they're dynamite preachers, they're dynamite pastors, and I think it's because of that, what we talked about earlier, that rigorous honesty. That they mm-hmm. just recognize I'm I'm a sinner just like everybody else. It's not it's not simply an intellectual. Yeah, well, we're all sinners, you know, me, 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 I mean, they can actually pinpoint and say, "This is what I've done." Right?
1: Yeah, um, that makes that makes sense. That there's again, it's part of that paradox you were talking about. That um, again, sin and darkness lose their power when they're brought out into the light. Mm-hmm. I think mean, even a sin that someone continues to struggle with in certain ways. It's still, it, they gain something by being honest with themselves and with the Lord and with their fellows about it. Suddenly, perhaps there was, if there was a, a lack of honesty with self before that, that may, may manifest itself in just a, a lack of power, a lack of kind of a fundamental integrity to be able to go out and speak and to act and to kind of build your life of. Where once that integrity is restored by being honest, it's like certainly, hopefully, that leads to healing in that area, but also, like, again, the, the ripple effect that, you know, I can, I can, as a person, I'm now being honest with myself and with my God. So my prayer takes on a different, a different quality. You know, my, my self talk takes on a different quality. My ability to, to look my brother in the eye and have a conversation about the faith takes on a different quality because perhaps there was some lie I was holding on to and now I've, I've surrendered that.
0: Yes. Um, I remember, uh, and I think I might have shared this in one of one of our last talks, but I don't assume that anybody's going to remember. Okay, maybe I do. That's my pride. I got to work on it, right? <laughs> uh, I remember very distinctly the Lord saying to me at one point, uh, Rex, you're living a lie. You're living a lie. We cannot build a relationship on a lie. We can only build a relationship on truth. Can only build a relationship on truth. And that's going back to what you're talking about in step one, that rigorous honesty about I do this, it estranges me from God, from other people and myself. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not, I don't seem to have a, I seem to be on it, seems not to be out of my control. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when I could admit that to somebody else, no matter how silly it may seem, right? Yeah. Uh just admit it. And then if the other person can receive it, if they're in a place where they can receive it, they say, oh, that must really, thats kind of stinks, doesn't it? You know, they don't shame me for it. They say, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Um, and then I can move on to recognizing there's a power greater than me who can help me with this. You know, right. the heart is like a mansion, right? It's like a compartment. Uh, I let the Lord into certain rooms, and there are certain rooms I have yet to let the Lord into. And those tend to be the rooms where those dark little gremlins that I keep bringing up at confession uh, are living. Yeah. Now, see, when I say that to you, I'm like, "Well, wow, man, some are sicker than others." I mean, how how sick is that? Like, well, because I, it's unmanageable, right? I'm unmanageable. It's like, ah, hmm. I need to open that door. Do I really believe that the Do I really believe that the Lord of Heaven and Earth? Can deal with my anger, can deal with my impatience, can deal with my lust, can deal with my greed. Do I really believe that that room marked uh, none shall pass? <laughs> if the Lord's going to be the Lord of my life, then I've got to, I've got to, uh, by grace, admit that there's a room that I've not let Him into and open the door. Right. And that's what the first step is.
1: Yeah. Well, as we bring this uh, first conversation. About uh, this this step to a close. I mean, just thinking some practical stuff here for a moment. I mean, it, we've, it's been throughout the conversation already, but you know, certainly just recognizing the, you know, the the the, the need for radical honesty. You know, uh, and and how that um, m- we might choose to bring that about in our in our the way that we even in our in our heart of hearts in sort of our our self talk. You know, even being honest with ourselves first in prayer. Again, um, being real with God in prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's amazing I think to me how much we it's easy to slip into nice kind of false mm-hmm. piety in prayer rather than mm-hmm. really bringing our hearts to God mm-hmm. uh, certainly seeking out community and fraternity and accountability you know with, with people around us uh, I think you know we were talking about specificity that comes off uh, often in the spiritual writers of the church, you know, making a specific examine. So not just generally saying, Oh Lord, I'm, I'm such a bad person. I need your help. But no, like being specific, Lord, Mm -hmm. this vice, this is the one, man, I'm, Mm -hmm. I am, is unmanageable. Mm -hmm. I am powerless against it. I need your healing. I need, um, I need help with this specific thing, even to, to monitor that over time, you know, to pray over that thing. Um, to Get specific in our spiritual life, you know, get, mm-hmm. get concrete, get practical in that. You know, we always think it's somebody else, but no, we, we each of us yeah. have, right. you know, a particular wound that we want to invite yes. the Lord to heal us from.
0: Yes, the chances are there it is also, it is somebody else, but it's also us, right? I've met the enemy and he is me, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? We have met the what is that? Old, we have met the enemy and he is us, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um. But we're like the again. It's the Bible. The Bible stories are come alive, right? I mean, it's like uh, the uh, demoniac. Uh, uh, what's that? How do you say that word? Ginezaret. The you know, the, you know, it's one of the story about Jesus shows up and he said, "What is your name?" Right. And and he says, "My name is uh, Legion, for we are many." I used that in an email recently, talking about some of my own struggles. I said, "And their name is Legion because they are many." <laughs> <laughs> I was talking, and I was talking about a specific attitude. Yeah. But I said their name is Legion because that attitude infiltrates the way that I deal with life on a daily basis. So it's about specificity again. Right. Right. Yeah. It's this. It's this attitude, and here are the places that it manifests itself. You know,
1: and that brings up another thing too: is that I think you know specificity in prayer. I think so often. Uh, we pray generally and vaguely rather mm-hmm. than specifically and you gone already the reasons. Well, and one of the reasons we don't pray specifically is because then we are actually putting our hearts out there. That's right. Because That's right. because then we actually know whether God yes. shows up and, and does something. Yes. If I yes. pray generally, Lord, make things turn out okay. No. If I pray, Lord, I need healing from this. Yes. You know, I have this wound. I have this thing. And we pray intently and expectedly yes. and trustingly and we persevere in that prayer. Well, I think something will happen, but that's yeah. part of this this leap of faith, right? Because yes. then we're 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 testing: do I really do I yes. really pray and expect yes. that God is going to do something here? Yes,
0: yeah. And if the answer, if, if if what I pray for doesn't doesn't happen, the answer is no. But I know the answer is no because I've actually prayed for this, right? Right, Lord, I'd like to see this happen, and then this doesn't happen. It's like, well, I guess the Lord didn't ignore me. The Lord just said no. Now that brings right. up a whole and, bunch of other stuff. It's like, well, what, what do you mean, no? <laughs> right, right, and it's
1: part probably part of that honesty. And getting back to some of the other parts of the conversation, that probably in many cases the honesty part is that, oh, yeah, God wants to heal the, me of this, but I need to talk to somebody else first. I need to, t- I need to maybe talk about with my spouse or there with my go. confessor, or I need to bring a good a good a friend of mine in yes. and, and share my heart with them. Yes. Maybe that's. That's what the Lord is yes. waiting on for us to, to let down our guard and to be vulnerable. Yes, uh, yes. To let his grace in. <laughs> Beautiful. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, thank you, brother. Thank you for, thank for you, this uh, conversation. John we're going to dig more into next week, you know, walk through these steps. And again, there's I think there's so many, uh, as you said, it's the gospel in 12 the steps. There's so many insights in here, and it'll just be good. Hey, because we're all recovering sinners here together. That's right? it. That's
0: it. Come on. <laughs> preach
1: it. Preach it, brother. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. I hope this conversation has been an encouragement and inspiration to you. Remember, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We are a network of converts, people who have embraced the Catholic Church, as well as others who are thinking about becoming Catholic or asking questions who are somewhere along that journey. If that is you, then this is your network, and we welcome you into it. Visit www.chnetwork.org to get a bunch of uh, great resources, articles, videos, uh, a newsletter, but most especially our online community, Community Dot chnetwork.org where you can follow this and other shows, but also journey along with you know a whole community of recovering sin addicts just like you and, and brother and I. And so thank you again for joining us for this episode. We'll talk to you again next week. God bless.
0: God bless you.